It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hi, it's Jamie, progressive number one, number two employee. Leave a message at the... Hey, Jamie, it's me, Jamie. This is your daily pep talk. I know it's been rough going ever since people found out about your acapella group, Mad Harmony, but you will bounce back. I mean, you're the guy always helping people find coverage options with the Name Your Price tool. It should be you giving me the pep talk. Now get out there, hit that high note, and take Mad Harmony all the way to nationals this year! Sorry, it's pitchy. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Trevor Booker, captain, clutch to the rim! High with a left hand, one hand hammer! Woo-dogging! It is locked on Jazz for July 5th. Kevin Durant is a warrior. The league is upside down. The Jazz have made their move with Joe Johnson. We'll look at that try to get the ramifications of both those things and what's coming next. It's all coming up on Locked on Jazz. How are you? I'm David Locke, radio voice of the Utah Jazz, Jazz NBA insider. Uh, thanks so much for tuning into the program today. This is Locked On Jazz, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Lots to, going on on the Locked On Podcast Network for you. Uh, new posts from the Spurs, the Magic, the Pelicans, the Celtics, the Knicks, the Bulls, uh, all up. And the network continuing to grow. We expect to announce Locked On. Well, I guess I'm doing it now. Locked On Clippers uh, will join in today as well. All right. So there is so much going on. And there's so much that's happened that it's hard to even digest. And so what I'm going to do today is, uh, for those who missed the immediate reaction Joe Johnson podcast that I did late on July, whatever it was, that Friday night, We'll, we'll touch on that with the Jazz. Trey Burke's been traded. What's next for the Jazz? Where they stand? And a little summer league reaction to last night. The, and then our tip-off story of the day will be the Durant Warrior Oklahoma City. Now that leaves out uh, just an incredible amount of stuff. That, that leaves out, uh, all the, what, where Memphis stands, the Clippers, what Dallas, I'll do that as the week goes on. So just kind of stay with me. Uh, I am traveling this week, but I'm going to try to continue to do some podcasts uh, for you. I'll definitely have a big one for you tomorrow, and then Thursday and Friday, and Locked on NBA will be up this week as well. So uh, there's just, there's frankly, there's just way too much stuff going on to be able to get all of it in today. It's crazy. Uh, if you'd like to advertise on the program, email me at dlock at 09 at gmail.com. That's dlock at 09 at gmail.com. Uh, uh, today's edition is brought to you by Devin Cash of Equity Real Estate. Uh, Devin will uh, let you win two free jazz season tickets if you let him buy or sell a house with you. I'll tell you more details about that. Devin Cash, Equity Real Estate, 801-759-1495. All right, let's get to our pins across the world like we always do to to start the show. You can email those same things at dlock at 09 
at gmail.com. Pins across the world. All right, today we come up with uh, Connor White, uh, put a pin in Columbus, Ohio. Growing up in Cleveland, Ohio with an older brother, uh, brought weird team phases. I was a Bulls fan until about 94, then Jordan left. When Jordan came back, my older brother said he was a Bulls fan. I could not be the same fan of my brother, so I chose the Jazz. I've left the heartbreak of both finals losses uh, but did not truly understand how awesome they were. The lockout in 98-99 changed my mindset of the NBA. I did not watch for a few years. And something magical happened in Cleveland. LeBron James, best player in the world, drew me in. And I watched and started to love the game again. But I never felt like I was rooting for the Cavs as much as I simply enjoyed the greatness of LeBron. 2007, I was flipping through the channels, picked up the Jazz Warriors Game 2 semifinals. Derek Fisher's story. Him showing up, putting the game away in overtime made me remember the greatness of the Jazz organization. I started enjoying Jazz games whenever they were on TV. My love for the beauty of basketball sustained while moving to Columbus for college at Ohio State and through the next lockout. I continued to track every Jazz game. I listened to all the recaps the next morning. Uh, those West Coast games are a little late in the past. Uh, January, my wife uh, bought me a Purple Mountains John Stockton jersey. My Jazz fandom is an all-time high. So put a pin in Columbus. Ohio for Connor White, and he must be liking watching Aaron Kraft, the point guard out of Ohio State the Jazz have for the Summer League right now. All right, let's get to our tip-off story of the day. As big as the Jazz signing Joe Johnson is, it has got to be Kevin Durant going to the Warriors. It's an incredible confluence of events that has taken place here to allow this. I, I saw a lot of reaction yesterday from people, oh, the league shouldn't allow this, it shouldn't happen. The, Nate Duncan on his podcast, and who joined us on the broadcast yesterday, really did a wonderful job. You, you have so many different things uh, that had to take place here. Just on the floor, you had to have the 3-1 collapse of the Thunder and the 3-1 collapse of the Warriors. If the Warriors win it, he's not going. Sam Amick wrote a piece in USA Today about how the big... Durant kind of knew he wanted to go there, but he was worried about the perception. Had the Warriors won, it, it's simply not possible to go there. Had the Thunder won, it's simply not possible. Had there not been this weird TV spike, it's not possible. Had the Union decided not to decline the NBA's option of smoothing, it couldn't happen. If Steph Curry didn't have the ankle problems that allowed that had him sign an undervalued deal, it couldn't have happened. The amount of different things... Uh, that had to take place for the for for this to happen is a one in a million. Uh, I think to some extent, uh, go back to Lee Jenkins' folk, uh, piece on Kevin Durant many years ago, where he talked about he's always been second. He was a second player drafted. He was a second. He's always been second. He desperately wanted to win. Uh, and Bob Myers message to him, the general manager of the Warriors, was reportedly, without you, we probably going to win another title or two. You might win one without us as well. But if we do this together, we're going to win a lot. Uh, somewhere along the way, this Warrior team, which they did not complete this year, has decided that their goal is completely destined on history. They want to be Historically great. It's an interesting thing to watch. Uh, Durant is a absolute perfect fit on the basketball court. Absolute perfect fit on the basketball court. There's there's nothing about. I I, I know Rudy tweeted out. There's only one ball. No no. Like 
They, he he moves the ball. He plays a different position. Uh, the, 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 with Igudala, it might turn out to be the five, the best uh, five-man lineup of all time. And then just the defensive element of things. If, if you leave any of these guys open, it, it's over. I mean, Steph Curry from three open, and and he got many more open threes than people realize. You know, everyone talks about how he takes these. We we remember the kind of crazy shots, but the Warriors' movement and system and actions, he gets open looks. He shot five threes a game last year where he was open between four and six feet. He took seven and a half three or 7.9, eight threes a game last year in which he was had four or more feet of distance between him and the defender. That's an ins- and he hit on 48%. Okay, here, here's what gets crazy. You're not going to be able to leave any of these guys. They have the three arguably best shooters in the game. So if Curry is hitting at 48% on open threes, and he's somehow in that system getting seven open threes a game, how, how is that possible? We all know who he is. Durant, last year, got five, four open threes a game. He hits 44%. Well, he's going to get more than four open threes a game now. You might have to distribute some possessions. The other thing is guys are going to take days off. Steve Kerr has been so outspoken about how exhausted that team, that Bulls team he played on was after three title runs. And now he's got the ability to move guys around so that they're not a star. Clay Thompson, how how they do this, I don't know. Clay Thompson, six threes a game from four feet or more, and he hits on 43%. So they've now got three guys who, if you leave open, are, are just going to be deadly. Just completely deadly. And they, they all move the ball. It's... Uh, it's mind-boggling how good they might be. Uh, and then they added the uh, then they added the services of Zaza Pachulia, who really couldn't be more perfect. Pachulia is a pick setter, passer, offensive rebounder. He'll be great for them. Tough. It's now the team everybody wants to play for. We'll see what they do next. Their roster is obviously a little thin, uh, but they have four of the top 15 players in the league. It's never been seen before in the league. It's just remarkable. For Oklahoma City, it's crushing. Absolutely devastating. Uh, their whole model as a franchise has been that when somebody comes up on a contract and they don't sign extension, they, they trade them. They did it with Reggie Jackson. They did it with uh, James Harden. They did it with Serge Ibaka. And, of course, they didn't do it with Kevin Durant. And they got burned. And so now the question is, what do they do with Russell Westbrook? The killer here is in many ways Oklahoma City is back to where Cleveland is, was when LeBron left. If you remember the LeBron free agency, he's trying to talk Chris Bosh 
into going to Cleveland. And Bosch basically says, dude, I'm not going to Cleveland. Well, Al Horford basically told Kevin Durant, dude, I'm not going to Oklahoma City. And if you've been to Oklahoma City, who can blame him? It's not a destination. It's not a place that free agents are going to sign. And so Durant, very similar to LeBron, probably came to the realization, I'm not going to be able to bring guys into this place. I'm not going to be able to get people here. I'm not sure Russell's going to stay. If Horford's going to Boston the way Bosch wasn't going to go to Cleveland, it's time for me to move on. And now Russell Westbrook is out on the, a year away from leaving in all likelihood unless he cherishes being the big fish. But he's the big fish no matter where he goes. So Oklahoma City really doesn't have anything to offer him that he can't get somewhere else. And when he turns down the extension, they have to move to trading him. But then the trick is that Westbrook has all the cards because wherever he, he can just tell you where he wants to go as a free agent. If he, in fact, knows. And if he doesn't know, then he's just playing out the string. But the Thunder, with the inability to sign free agents and the inability to bring in talent in that manner, cannot afford to have both Durant and Westbrook leave without getting anything back in return. It's really stunning. All right, there are a million, million moves in the NBA, but I'm going to focus on the Jazz here. And before we dig deep into the Jazz, let's talk about Devin Cash and Equity Real Estate. Devin's been a early sponsor of Locked On Jazz, and I thank him for that. And you can thank him as well by having him help you on your next house purchase. It's right now is a great time to sell. Realtors are seeing more buyers. Sellers are making fewer concessions. So it might be time to make that move. Have Devin Cash give you a market analysis to help you determine your home's value and then move along. Devin really views real estate with the heart of a teacher. He loves to communicate and un- make sure you understand, never be uncomfortable. There's so many questions on what's important, what's not, what resells, what to, what about this? What He's going to try to walk you through that process. Charity and Ryan said they were so happy with Devin as their realtor, both in purchasing their new house and selling their old home. Devin's knowledge and experience helped reduce the worry and sometimes stressful situations. His tireless hard work, kindness in every interaction made them feel supported every step of the way. Devin Cash of Equity Real Estate. Are you a first-time home buyer? He loves to work with first-time home buyers and get you into the process and have it be comfortable. Moreover, he's a big jazz fan, so he'll talk some hoops with you. And when you buy or sell your home with Devin, he'll give you two free jazz season tickets. Certain restrictions do apply. Call Devin at 801-759-1495. That's 801-759-1495. Devin Cash, Equity Real Estate. Late Friday night, I think it was, uh, the jazz signed Joe Johnson to a two-year contract. The way it played out was very, it's very, very encouraging for the Jazz organization. The Jazz had zeroed in on three players. Luel Dang, Jared Dudley, and Joe Johnson. And from all reports I have, the Jazz had their choice. Now, they had their choice at the market value of that player. But from a Jazz standpoint, very exciting to see that what they're doing as a organization is being respected and noticed by teams around the league. So it got down to Luol Deng, a player that Jasmine interested in, tried to acquire last year uh, during the season, a player they really like, but he was being offered four-year, $70 million. 
uh, with the Jazz cap situation coming in two seasons, it doesn't really make any sense. It also would have backed up the Rodney Hood development, uh, and, and would have, you know, the Jazz, as we've been talking about the whole time, are weighing both uh, acquiring talent while still allowing the primary guys to develop, and just not, doesn't mean that they're not, you know, in years past, the Jazz were simply unwilling to acquire talent that might delay the development of one of the guys. That's different now. They'll do that now if it's worth it. You just have to put it on the teeter-totter of, of value and figure out whether or not it's worth it. And maybe Dang, Dang was clearly a player who they believe was going to bring enough veteran experience and enough other things that maybe it would have been worth having Dang be uh, with Gordon and Rodney and Alec in a four-man rotation with Rodney probably you know, losing a few minutes or at least a different role uh, that it probably would have been worth it with Dang's experience. But when it became necessary for it to be a four-year, $70 million deal, then it doesn't really work in the organization. And that contract by the end for the Lakers is going to be a problem. So then the next option uh, or the next player, not even option in any order, is Jared Dudley. And Dudley is never had a payday before. And that's what made the Jared Dudley uh, free agency a little different, is that Dudley was really viewing this, understandably, that he needed to get paid. This was a guy who was a first-round draft pick from Charlotte. He's bounced around a little bit. It's not as though he hasn't made money, but he's never had. He's ne- he's made four point two is the most amount of money he's made in any year, and so he's got a chance here to double, almost triple his probably you know come close to to doubling his career earnings or at least one hundred fifty percent of his career earnings that he's ever had at this point. And Dudley is thirty one years thirty years old thirty one thirty years old I think he turned in July, uh, yeah so he'll turn thirty one here in about. Uh, five days. So happy birthday to Jared Dudley. And so he'll be 31 years old. He needs to get paid. So he wants, the big thing for him is he wants the third year. So now the Jazz are confronted with, okay, Dang is probably going to be out the market now. All right, Jared Dudley's interesting. He's a 40% career three-point shooter. Uh, he's a nice player. He's played on four teams in the last four years. He's He's got experience. He's an interesting guy. and uh, But he needs three years and wants $10 million a year or so. Okay. You know what? That's fair. That's reasonable. That's what the market gives him. Our next choice is 35-year-old Joe Johnson. Now, this is not 20-point-a-game Joe Johnson anymore. This is uh, who, you know, or 25-point-a-game Joe Johnson. But if you look at Joe Johnson in Miami last year at 34 years old, he shot 52% and 42% from three. And the most exciting part for the Jazz is that when they, as an organization, uh when they as an organization started making their phone calls whenever they do this to all the agents around the league to say, hey, this is where we are as a franchise. This is what we're doing. Uh, you know, Joe's an interesting player to us. What's Joe's feeling about the Jazz? The response was that this is one of the teams that Joe has given me that he's interested in playing for. Joe realizes he's from Little Rock, Arkansas. He's, you know, uh, He's actually not a big city kid, despite the fact that he's played in Atlanta. Uh, he actually played in Boston to start his career. You'll recall he was drafted by Boston, then went to Phoenix, then went to Atlanta, then to Brooklyn. So despite the fact he's played in major markets, been high profile, he's made his money, he had one of the biggest contracts in the NBA last year, he actually is looking for the right situation, would like to do some leadership things, and 
what you guys have in Utah is great. He's really impressed by what you're building. He likes your coach, and he would be very interested. So that was a huge moment there for the Jazz and free agency is when they were calling around, doing their due diligence, as good organizations do, and tip of the hat to them for doing it, expecting to hear that Joe Johnson uh, was probably not that interested in coming to Utah for all the reasons you think. They got the exact opposite answer. They got someone noticing what they were doing as a franchise, uh, how it was taking place. And so Joe Johnson, in a lot of ways, considering the market, not necessarily believing that he was a better player, but when you suddenly consider what the mark, what he brought to the team, how many years was going to take, became the number one focus for the Utah Jazz in this free agency period. Now, the organization, Joe was in Florida, I believe, and the, uh, Solomon Hill and Jared Dudley and uh, Luel Deng were all in L.A. So Quinn Snyder and Dennis Lindsay went down and met with Jared Dudley and then met with Deng and met with Solomon Hill, but in the same time were in communication and contact with Joe Johnson uh, the entire time. And so when things kind of materialized, as you'd expect, the Jazz solidified their deal with Joe Johnson. They have now added a 34-year-old, 15 years of experience, 41,000 minutes. He's certainly going to decline a little bit from the player that he was uh, in his heyday of 18, 20, 20 points a game in Atlanta. But you're not asking him to be that guy. He's a bona fide shooter, 37% career three-point shooter. Uh, his f- four years in Brooklyn, he was 38%. He's right on line. Uh, as his possessions have decreased, his three-point shooting has increased. He's versatile. He can play the two, the probably guard one through four. He can play the three or the four. Probably can play the two uh, if you need him to. He's surprisingly good in the pick-and-roll. This is another pick-and-roll option. I don't think people think of him as ISO Joe, but if you dig into the numbers a little bit on him, he's a pretty darn good uh, uh player in regards to uh, pick and roll and playing with the ball in his hands, and now you have the ability to have a four-man or a three playing in the pick and roll. He is a fabulous open shooter, uh, probably better than actually Jared Dudley. There's a, he might be, you know, even at 35 years old, he may just be a better player than the other guys we've talked about. Last year, uh, well, actually, that's playoff numbers. Let me get the regular season numbers for you. I have them just written over here. Uh, on, on Joe Johnson, the last year uh, from three on open threes, he was 39% from three, uh, you know, just a dead eye knockdown shooter. Uh, and if you start to just look at his games in maybe when, you know, Brooklyn was kind of a disastrous circumstance last year. So if you go post all-star break, it's a small sample size and three point shooting can definitely waver a little bit. But if you start looking at his open shooting in Miami last year, he's up to 42%. So, you know, he's, that he's bona fide shooter, veteran guy, been around. He's not the highest energy guy, and he seemed very disinterested last in year in Brooklyn. So you're taking a leap of faith that this is going to energize him a little bit. This new role, uh, that that definitely is a leap of faith you have to take because he was not uh, energized. In fact, when we saw him, he basically didn't care, and that's a little disconcerting. But everything that we've heard about the Brooklyn situation from everyone involved is that it was a complete disaster, uh, and he's shown prior in his career, uh, you know, a willingness to play. He's obviously older, and that body is going to be an issue. That's There's a risk. There's a risk involved. All right, two other moves. Trevor Booker, congratulations to him. He is signed with Brooklyn. The Jazz are going to miss all of the intangible aspects in Trevor Booker. 
Um, when, when you look at Trevor, uh, first of all, congratulations for him and his family. He's just such a great guy. And to get that kind of money deal uh, with Brooklyn uh, is obviously these dollar figures that are out there in the NBA are game-changing. But a two-year, $9 million deal, uh, excited for him. Tre- Trevor's interesting because Trevor really worked – very, very hard on his shot, and it failed him last year. And that's going to dictate uh, who he is as a player. He had improved in so many areas uh, as a as a player, uh, shooting-wise. And then last year, just outside 10 feet, last year from 10 to 16 feet, he shot 13%. The prior year, he shot 40%. From 16 to th- feet to the three-pointer, he shot 22%. Uh, and the prior year, he had shot... 29 in the prior year, 39. So his shot kind of had headed the opposite direction. Uh, we're going to miss all the intangibles of him. Uh, the uh, you know when you talk about Trevor Booker, you're talking about a, a high energy. Uh, the offensive rebounding is tangible that you'll miss that. Uh, he uh, the kind of the the toughness, the Roy Hibbert aspect of things when he got into it with Roy Hibbert. You're going to miss that now. Statistically on the floor. Uh, the offensive rebounding rate, which has always been a thing for the Jazz, and Trevor's one of the best offensive rebounders, that's tangible on the floor that we're going to miss that. But when Trevor was on the floor with our best players, that doesn't show up. Uh, Trevor's value is really kind of playing uh, with the bench unit, playing uh, kind of being an energy guy that made extra plays on a, on a group that wasn't as good, and hopefully we've kind of moved past that uh, as a franchise. So there's not... Um, there really is not the the kind of thing that shows that there'll be a huge impact in that loss. It's it's a it's one of those intangible things. But what's interesting about that to me is I'm not a huge. I'll be honest about this, and I'm sure most people disagree because every fan's been taught otherwise by the media. I'm not a big believer in this whole concept of oh, but he brings the toughness and he brings the energy and he ignites everyone. If that's really true then I would see it in the plus-minus numbers. I would see it in his impact on the floor, and that's not necessarily what I saw uh, for the Jazz. Now, that simply could be his shooting last year. He just had such an incredibly miserable uh, year last year. Outside of 10 feet shooting last year, a guy who you know had really worked incredibly hard on his shot suddenly lost it. He was 28 of about 83 or something from outside 10 feet. And so maybe, you know, the reason it doesn't show up last year is this kind of anomaly in his inability uh, to shoot. Uh, the Jazz traded Trey Burke. So anyway, we you know couldn't wish Trevor anything but the best. He'll be a GM, front office guy in the league. He's done a perfect job of doing that. Jazz also moved Trey Burke. Uh, it's, a, it's a miss. You know, it's a swing and a miss. It's a ninth pick miss on a on a draft that hasn't been that hasn't been great. It makes the Rudy Gobert twenty seventh pick. Uh, even more remarkable, C.J. McCollum is sitting there at the 10th pick, and you're kind of wondering uh, about him. On a, on a Kumbo, there were all sorts of medical issues on why the Jazz didn't have his medicals. They knew who he was a player but didn't have any data on him at all. Uh, it was it was held by a lot of people. There were a lot of things going on in that. But those are kind of the only two players, if you really run down, knowing that the Jazz had zeroed in on Gobert, if you look at the the guards that were taken after Trey, and even just any, it's just one of the worst drafts ever for guards. It's Ben McLemore. Contavious Caldwell-Pope, who's still only shooting 41% and 32% from three. Trey Burke, C.J. McCollum's a success. Michael Carter-Williams, uh, Shabazz Muhammad, 
Dennis Schroeder, we'll see how he does in Atlanta. Shane Larkin's barely hanging on. Sergey Karasev's barely hanging on. Tony Snell, Solomon Hill, uh, Tim Hardaway Jr.'s barely holding on. Reggie Bullock's barely holding on. Uh, Archie Goodwin's barely. It, it turned out that the 2013 draft for guards may turn out to be one of the worst guard. Anthony Bennett, the number one picks out of the draft. Guards and wing players. Oladipo's number two. We'll see what he does. It turns out it's just maybe one of the worst non-big drafts ever. I mean, truly, there's no other way to say it. And uh, and in turn, uh, you know, the Jazz uh, had that 14th pick. They were very interested in getting Kelly Olynyk. Boston was going to trade up to 13 in front of them. And so then the Jazz made the move to go try to get up in the draft, and they had no point guard at the time, and they took the guy they thought was the best pure point guard, and they missed. They missed. There's no other way to say it. Uh, and, and what's interesting, I think there's some lessons learned in it. I, I think the Jazz had done the analysis, if we go back and look at it, and I think they realized they were reaching at the time, and it didn't work. They hoped it would come together, that the winning atmosphere, all those things. Turns out that Michigan runs an incredible college system that overinflates players, and Michigan pro players have not developed. Nick Stoskis is another one that came out of this system that then didn't come together. Now, uh, with that said, I think Trey Burke will be okay in Washington. If he can really zero in, get away from the pressure of thinking, you know, he came in the league as the college player of the year, he thinks he's going to be an all-star. And then we turn the team over to him as a completely overdipped Oreo cookie at 2,200 minutes his first year. And uh, I think from here, he's going to be okay. Uh, and, and we'll see what happens uh, with that. I think he'll be a backup point guard. He'll be a career very similar to DJ Augustine. He's going to be in the league for a long time. He hit open shots last year. He improved his shooting percentage a great deal. He went from 37 to 41. He was a non what he did the first two years was non-sustainable. He's now a backup point guard that's sustainable in this league. Uh, he's a little small defensively. He's poor because of his size and lateral quickness. But I think he'll begin to figure out how to do this uh, and how to play. I think he's made great strides. And the final one, keep an eye on the Spurs. Their signing of Pau Gasol uh, means that uh, they have to clear Boris Diaz's contract. I couldn't find a... Uh, uh, it's a lot of money, and the Jazz have to figure out uh, how it fits to what they want to do as a franchise and whether it impacts their extension stuff and some things like that. But this would be another 34-year-old guy uh, who is experienced. He's very close with Rudy. Uh, you have to figure out what he believes. He's going to bring good leadership to Rudy. He's a passing big at this point in his career. At six foot eight, two hundred fifty pounds, he can shoot the three uh, and and stretch you out. Like uh, on that regard, we could play five out with he and Trey Lyles. He's a terrific passer. He came into the league out of Atlanta as a point guard, really, when he was the twenty first pick of the two thousand three draft. He's a in San Antonio, the last five years, he shot 37% from threes, 34 for his career. Uh, so he's probably, you know, somewhere around there. He would be an interesting pickup. Uh, culturally, he matches. Game style, he matches. It would give us another veteran. We suddenly become a, a, a very veteran team with huge experience. And uh, the that, I think... Uh, is something to keep an eye on and something I think the Jazz probably would be interested in looking into. Uh, now, Diaw has given the Spurs five teams he'd be willing to be traded to, and I have no idea if the Jazz are on that list of five. All right, 
I told you there was just a ton of stuff. That's 30 minutes right there. We'll do the rest of the league, the impact as the week goes on. This has been Locked On Jazz, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Check out the other shows on the Locked On Podcast Network with great breakdowns from the Celtics, the Bulls, the Pelicans, all the more, and continue to expand. More announcements coming this week on the Locked On Podcast Network for more uh, programs to be added. Thank you very much to uh, Devin Cash and Devin Cash Equity Real Estate for their sponsorship of today's program. and. You can give Devin uh, a call and check out what he can do for you if you're selling or buying a house uh, today. 801-759-1495. If you want to advertise on the program, email me at dlock09 at gmail.com. This has been Locked On Jazz, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. It's fall at JCPenney. Time to refresh your closet. This Thursday through Monday, get Levi's lowest prices of the season on 514 straight fit jeans for guys, $36.99. And select Arizona booties for her for $35.99. Plus, save an additional 50% off clearance prizes already reduced by 60 to 80%. And get an extra $10 off with your coupon. Hurry in now. JCPenney. Come valid 10, 5 to 10, 9. Levi's and other brands excluded from coupon. Clearance elections vary by store while supplies last. Savings off regular and original prices. Intermediate markdowns may have been taken. See store or jcp.com for details. Season refers to 927 to 1018. Rejecting the screen has been retweeted by Kobe, Dame Lillard, and Vince Carter, so it's fair to say you should give it a shot. I'm Noah Kozlov. And I'm Adam Stanko. Rejecting the screen hits your feed every Tuesday and Thursday. On Tuesday, we talk hoops and a little bit of life. On Thursday, we go ISO with a guest. Stories from anyone and everyone who has touched the NBA with tales we promise you've never heard before. Find Rejecting the Screen right now wherever you get podcasts and hit that subscribe button.